His teeth were gone, knocked out by his savage masters. Even his mentality was but a sorry mockery of what it once had been. They took him aboard the Marjorie W., and there they fed and nursed him. He gained a little in strength, but his appearance never altered for the better. A human derelict, battered and wrecked, they found him. A human derelict, battered and wrecked, he would remain until death claimed him. Though still in his thirties, Alexis Palvich could easily have passed for eighty. Inscrutable nature had demanded of the accomplice a greater penalty than his principal had paid. In the mind of Alexis Palvich there lingered no thoughts of revenge, only a dull hatred of the man whom he and Rokoff had tried to break and failed. There was hatred, too, of the memory of Rokoff, for Rokoff had led him into the horrors he had undergone. There was hatred of the police of a score of cities from which he had had to flee. There was hatred of law, hatred of order, hatred of everything. Every moment of the man's waking life was filled with morbid thought of hatred. He had become mentally, as he was physically in outward appearance, the personification of the blighting emotion of hate. He had little or nothing to do with the men who had rescued him. He was too weak to work and too morose for company, and so they quickly left him alone to his own devices. The Marjorie W. had been chartered by a syndicate of wealthy manufacturers, equipped with a laboratory and a staff of scientists, and sent out to search for some natural product which the manufacturers who footed the bills had been importing from South America at an enormous cost. What the product was, none on board the Marjorie W. knew, except the scientists, nor is it of any moment to us, other than that it led the ship to a certain island off the coast of Africa after Alexis Palvich had been taken aboard. The ship lay at anchor off the coast for several weeks. The monotony of life aboard her became trying for the crew. They went off on shore, and finally Palvich asked to accompany them. He too was tiring of the blighting sameness of existence upon the ship. The island was heavily timbered. Dense jungle ran down almost to the beach. The scientists were far inland, prosecuting their search for the valuable commodity that native rumor upon the mainland had led them to believe might be found here in marketable quantity. The ship's company fished, hunted, and explored. Palvich shuffled up and down the beach, or lay in the shade of the great trees that skirted it. One day, as the men were gathered at a little distance inspecting the body of a panther that had fallen to the gun of one of them who had been hunting inland, Palvich lay sleeping beneath his tree. He was awakened by the touch of a hand upon his shoulder. With a start he sat up to see a huge anthropoid ape squatting at his side, inspecting him intently. The Russian was thoroughly frightened. He glanced toward the sailors. They were a couple of hundred yards away. Again the ape plucked at his shoulder, jabbering plaintively. Paulvich saw no menace in the inquiring gaze or in the attitude of the beast. He got slowly to his feet. The ape rose at his side. Half doubled, the man shuffled cautiously away toward the sailors. The ape moved with him, taking one of his arms. They had come almost to the little knot of men before they were seen, and by this time Paulvich had become assured that the beast meant no harm. 
The animal, evidently, was accustomed to the association of human beings. It occurred to the Russian that the ape represented a certain considerable money value, and before they reached the sailors he had decided he should be the one to profit by it. When the men looked up and saw the oddly paired couple shuffling toward them, they were filled with amazement and started on a run toward the two. The ape showed no sign of fear. Instead, he grasped each sailor by the shoulder and peered long and earnestly into his face. Having inspected them all, he returned to Paulvitch's side, disappointment written strongly upon his countenance and in his carriage. The men were delighted with him. They gathered about, asking Paulvitch many questions and examining his companion. The Russian told them that the ape was his. Nothing further would he offer, but kept harping continually upon the...